Gary Zacharias with another podcast for the Apologist Bookshelf. If I can lift it, <laughs> I'm going to go back to a book that I covered a little bit in the past. It's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's a completely updated and expanded book. It's, uh, it's a biggie, and uh, it's something that will uh, last you for your life. Uh, there's so much good material. It's so deep. It's so rich. I wanted to look at chapter 13. By the way, this book is by Josh McDowell and his son, Sean McDowell. This, uh, this is a chapter that fascinates me because I like history. And I especially have heard this comment before that one of the strong proofs of the resurrection is the martyrdom of the apostles. Uh, their willingness to suffer and die for their faith. That's a common argument for the resurrection. But, you know, you've got some scholars that say, well, did they really die? What's the evidence that they really died as martyrs? And and how much did that count as evidence for the resurrection? So a lot of this material is, is really good and up-to-date because Sean did his, um, I think his Ph.D. work in this area, a book that came out called The Fate of the Apostles is his. And it's subtitled Examining the Martyrdom account, uh, Accounts of the Closest Followers of Jesus. And so here's how he lays it out. He says, the apostles spent between one and a half and three years with Jesus. And he was, you know, they wanted him to proclaim his kingdom on earth and take out the Romans and set up their, the kingdom of God there. And they were disillusioned, of course, at his death. But they became the first witnesses of the risen Christ. And they endured persecution. They said many subsequently experienced martyrdom. They signed their testimony actually in their own blood is a figurative way to put it says they didn't fabricate their claims. Without exception, they believed Jesus rose from the dead. It says that doesn't necessarily prove the truth of the resurrection, uh, nor Christianity as a whole, but they demonstrate their sincerity of belief. That's the key thing, isn't it? They really believe that it happened. It lends cred credibility to the claims about the veracity of the resurrection. And so he says, put it this way, their willingness to face persecution and martyrdom indicates more than any other conceivable course their sincere conviction that after rising from the dead, Jesus indeed appeared to them. Okay, so they go through this chapter. I say they because uh, Sean and uh, Josh worked on it. Uh, they, talk, uh, they start off talking about uh, Mike Lacona, who's an apologist and historian who says that the disciples endured persecution after Jesus' death, and a number of them, notice he doesn't say all, but a number of them experienced martyrdom. And he, they go then to a New Testament scholar, Craig Keener, and he says the disciples' testimony was not fabricated. Ancients recognized the willingness of people to die for their conviction, verified at least the sincerity of their motives. So whether the event really happened or not, at least you'd say they believed it did. And then they, he goes, uh, both of them go to a, a book called The Myth of Persecution. There's a professor who says, Christians like to think of their martyrs as unique. The fact that early Christians were willing to die for their beliefs has been seen as a sign of the inherent truth of the Christian message. And she says, uh, this author says, Christianity is true, it is said, because only Christians have martyrs. Well, wait a minute. It says there are many martyrs outside of Christianity. Nobody's claiming only Christians have martyrs. But what's, what's the Christian uh, um, message that the apostles died uniquely for the belief that they had actually seen the risen Christ? They, they had sincerity. The deaths of others for their religions, that doesn't undermine the evidential significance of the fate of the apostles. 
And it says, by the way, the, the idea that they were willing to die for their beliefs, it doesn't demonstrate the truth of the Christian message, but that the apostles really believed that Jesus rose from the grave. The apostles could be mistaken, but the fact that they were willing to die as martyrs established unmistakable sincerity. So we can throw out the idea of the apostles hiding the body and things like that. Well, let's get to the heart of this chapter, which is evidence for the historicity of their suffering and martyrdom. So I said, uh, there's evidence that even from the very beginning of the Christian faith, that you, if you proclaim Jesus is risen and he's the Son of God, that could be costly. I mean, look what happened. John the Baptist got beheaded. Jesus was crucified. Stephen was stoned to death. We see that in Acts 6 through 8. Herod Agrippa killed James, the brother of John. That's Acts 12. And that scattered everybody. The 12 that were left scattered them from Jerusalem. Nero around AD 64, set up a statewide persecution of Christians. That was Tacitus and Suetonius who reported that. The apostles publicly proclaimed the resurrection of a crucified criminal, and they knew what those actions could cost them. I mean, it's a criminal, and they're going to talk about how great this criminal was. Boy, that puts them in a bad spot, doesn't it? They shouldn't be surprised that they were facing persecution. That What did Jesus teach? He said, your followers are going to suffer for the sake of righteousness and be killed, just like Israel had killed the prophets. And there are a lot of references, and I don't think I'll take the time to do it, but mostly in Matthew and uh, some in Mark and some in Luke, uh, a lot of verses that talk about you're going to suffer for my sake. And how about Paul? Well, suffering was a central theme in the life and teachings of Paul. So, as Sean points out in his book, The Fate of the Apostles, the expectation of suffering and persecution was a central theme throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, and even pre-Christian Jewish literature like Second Maccabees. So there was an anticipation in the first century that prophets would suffer and die. Suffering is also seen in the first, uh, first epistle of Peter. Look at chapters 2 to 4. He gives people specific advice for facing tests and trials. Okay, where are we finding things uh, that, that claims for the martyrdom? Well, Polycarp and uh, 4th century Syrian father. But let's get to the evidence that we have. Okay, so they, they go through the disciples. What they do is they, they uh, Sean groups them according to a probability scale. First is strong historical probability that they died as martyrs. Another is moderate historical probability, probability, and the third is inconclusive. So what are the claims that have really strong probability? Well, Peter. Peter is there. The tr traditional view is that he was crucified in Rome during the reign of Nero, somewhere between 64 and 67 AD. Um, the letter, uh, we got the writings of Clement of Rome, Ignatius, and others who report on that. And it says that it's early, it's consistent, and it's unanimous testimony that he was a martyr. Who else is, uh, has strong historical probability of martyrdom? Paul. The traditional view is that Paul was beheaded in Rome during the reign of Nero, somewhere between 64 and 67, so just about the same time period as Peter. And the scripture doesn't state his martyrdom, but there are some hints that Paul knew his death was pending. Take a look at 2 Timothy 4. And then in 1 Clement, one of his letters, that's around A.D. 95-96, Paul is described as being martyred. And the third one that's considered a, a really strong 
probability that he was put to death for his faith is James, the son of Zebedee. It says, um, we have accounts of his martyrdom in Judea in 44 AD. And it says that it was firmly entrenched in the early church. The other one that's very strong as far as probability is James, the brother of Jesus. We get that from Josephus, the Jewish historian. And he talks about it. He says that seems to be undisputed by scholars. And around 62 AD, they think, was when James was executed because Joseph, uh, Josephus places the death between the terms of two Roman procurators. Okay, so supposedly the high priest Ananus had James stoned to death. So those are the ones that have strong historical probability. Then Sean has a section of claims that have moderate historical probability. And we get Thomas in there. Traditional story. This is pretty amazing. I'd love to find out, you know, what the truth is behind this one. The traditional story is that Thomas traveled to India, where he ended up being speared to death. A second person, moderate historical probability of his suffering, was Andrew. And that comes from a book called The Acts of Andrew, put out about 150 to 200 A.D., sometime in there. And he was supposedly crucified. All right, what about uh, inconclusive? Okay, so now we're moving down to those 12 disciples. And what are the ones that we just really don't know? And he said, the remaining apostles is just difficult to know. The evidence is late, and it's filled with legendary accretion. So we're not sure. There's no early account of any of the apostles recounting, and we don't know how many of them were killed because of their testimony about Christ. So to wrap up this section, Sean says, we have strong evidence that at least some of the apostles were martyred for their faith. Okay, what about common objections? Okay, so there are objections, so they're going to tackle that next. Said uh, one of the most common responses to the death of these apostles is that, well, others have died for their belief, and the most common um, example, of course, is the 19 radical Muslims on September 11, 2001. They killed themselves. Isn't that kind of the same thing? But it says that misses a key difference between the death of the apostles and modern martyrs. They, the modern martyrs, like those Muslims, died for what they believed to be true, but they, their knowledge was secondhand. It came from others. So, in other words, those Muslim terrorists were not eyewitnesses of any miracles by Muhammad or anything that he did in his life. They weren't eyewitnesses of any event. They lived 13 centuries later. Now, they had sincere belief, but their convictions were at best secondhand as far as their information. They didn't know Muhammad personally. They didn't see him fulfill prophecy or do anything. That's a huge difference between willingly dying for the sake of an idea versus dying for the proclamation of a faith based on your own eyewitness account. That's the apostles. So I think that's a really good point. The apostles died knowing if it was true or not. The Muslims died hoping that it was true, but they had no real knowledge. Um, then the last section here. What about, I hadn't heard this one before, an objection is, oh, wait a minute, maybe they were put to death before they could recant. Uh, we don't have enough records there. We don't know for sure. And it said uh, there's, that that woman is right who brings up that complaint, that there's not a record of the apostles even being offered the opportunity to recant. But they ministered in potentially dangerous environments, and they knew what was going to happen to them if they kept up with their messages. And they said, look at Acts 4 and Acts 5 and Acts 6 and Acts 12. 
than the fact especially that their founding leader was a crucified criminal of the Roman Empire. They knew what was coming because of this, and Jesus warned the disciples that the world would hate and even persecute them as it did him. That's John 15, verses 18 to 25. So every time the apostles stepped forward and named Christ and and talked about him, they knew they were risking suffering and death. But they continued. They preached and preached and continued and continued, and uh, many were martyred for their faith. Well, it says at least this shows the depth of the apostles' convictions. They were not liars. They didn't invent these resurrection stories. Blaise Pascal once said, I only believe histories whose witnesses are ready to be put to death. That's exactly the case here, isn't it? The apostles are out proclaiming the risen Jesus to an antagonistic audience, knowing that they'd probably suffer and die, but they never retracted this. They're ready to be put to death. We have good reason, Sean says, to believe some of them actually faced execution. There's no evidence at all that they wavered. And their convictions were not based on secondhand testimony like the Muslims, but personal experience with the risen Jesus, whom they really did believe was the risen Messiah. They banked their lives on it. It says it's difficult to imagine what more a group of ancient witnesses could have done to show greater depth of sincerity and a commitment to the truth. Yeah, exactly. So this is the, one more time, this is the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It's powerful. It's got amazing richness to it. A lot of great material in here. Well, thanks, and uh, we'll do another podcast. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me, gary.zacharias at gmail.com. Be glad to talk to you. Thanks.